Who knew one year ago what 2020 was going to be like? Uh, I remember standing on this stage with several other folks, giving a message called 2020 Vision. And we talked about what 2020 was going to look like, setting goals and, and discipline and, and all of that. And, and 2020 brought COVID and many other crazy things that disrupted uh, everything that we had, had planned, right? And I was thinking, I did the math on this. Within a year, we get 365 days. You knew that. But within those 365 days equals 8,760 hours. That uh, computes up to uh, 525 1,600 minutes, 525,600 minutes. The average American life expectancy is right around 78 to 79 years old. If you do the math on that, that's 28,835 days. The average life expectancy is you get 28,835 days. Well, in, in Psalm 90, verse 12, Moses writes this. He says, he's praying to the Lord. He says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us, Lord, to calculate those tr approximate 28,835 days that, that we're most likely going to get. Lord, teach us to number those, to take it serious how quick life goes by. In a focus group of 50 people that were over the age of 95, they were asked a question. 50 people over the age of 95 were asked the question, if you had the chance to do your life over, what would you do different? Now before I give you their response, I want to ask you, right there in the comfort of your own, own home and your own living room. If you had 2020 to do over again, what would you do different? Regardless of what season of life you're in or what year of life you're in, what would you do different in life so far? Those are good questions to ask because the reality is we're all on borrowed time, so to speak. And we want to make the most out of life. We want to make the most out of the days that we've been given. We want to be like Moses and say, Lord, teach me to number my days so that I can live right, live right in a, in a life of, of wisdom. The overwhelming response in this focus group was that they would have done three things. They would have reflected more, risked more, and reached higher. Let's unpack that a little bit. What does it mean that they would reflect more to start with? Well, when I, I think of that, I immediately thought about King Solomon. King Solomon was a guy who, from, from the out looking in, had everything. He had the good life. He had money, wealth, achievements, all kinds of things. It was said that he was the wisest man that ever lived. He had everything. But in the book of Ecclesiastes, towards the end of his life, 
he came to the conclusion that all of his stuff, all of his achievements meant nothing without God, meant nothing without seeing life through the lens of God's purpose and God's wisdom. Jesus summed up life's purpose this way in his prayer in John 17 to the Father. He said, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus said, life is about knowing the Father through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. That's what life, the foundation of all of life comes from knowing him. We were created by Jesus to have a relationship with him, to have a relationship with he and the Father. And it's important that we build our life around that and we we reflect on what's most important. So I just put two things down, that we reflect more on Jesus. We reflect more on him as our creator, redeemer, and sustainer, that we find our purpose in Jesus, that we make our priorities in our life his priorities. We find out what is his priority, and then we make that our priority, and then have his perspective. In other words, what matters most? What matters most to Jesus needs to matter most to you and I, and we'll be living the kind of life that he intends for us, that full life, when we're, we're, we're building our life on what matters most to him, living for his purpose, his priorities, and his perspective. Now, many of you know that my dad, uh, he went to heaven a little over a month ago, and he impacted a lot of people. And the reason he was able to positively impact so many people was without even, he probably wouldn't even be able to articulate it this way, but he had the same priority and perspective of Jesus, that, that family mattered the most, that deep relationships with his family mattered most. So he created time for, for, for people. He created time for his kids, his grandkids, and so forth, his friends, his church life. He had the right priorities. And therefore, I know when he saw Jesus, Jesus said, well done, good and faithful servant. And I love that about about my dad, and I want to live that way as well, and I know you do too. It's been amazing to me to hear from so many people on how my dad's memorial and hearing the impact that he had made people want to be better people and live with, with his priorities. That's, that's moved my heart. And then reflect more just on life. Like, we need to slow down. Life flies by, and we don't take times to, to, to slow down and just reflect and ask ourselves the question, what am I doing with my time and why am I doing it? Teach us to number our days. Teach us to realize the clock's ticking, that every day is, 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 a, is another day gone towards the end of our, our lives. Life is so brief. It's like the old song says, blink, Right? We don't blink because you blink and boom, another year goes by. Blink and another Christmas, another New Year. And live present in each moment. I want to speak to the, the young people that are watching right now. Our students, you're, you're somewhere between kindergarten and 12th grade. Um, prior to high school graduation, when you're in those school years, 
life seems to just go so slow. It really does. It's like it, it just seems to kind of drag on with school and the same old, same old. But your parents, for them, it's flying by. It's blink and another back to school night. It's blink and another, you know, uh, season over. And it goes, once you graduate high school and you, you go to college, you get into the workforce or whatever, time starts to just go by really fast. And living present in the moment and reflecting is the most important thing you can do. Students, don't, don't wish that this all will go away, that school, you'll snap your fingers and be gone. Just enjoy this moment. And regardless of where all of us are at in the season of life we find ourselves in, let's reflect more on Jesus and on life itself and the preciousness of life. Second thing is risk more. These 95-year and older folks said they wish they would have risked more. That's a, a life with a little bit of regret. I wish I would have risked more. And, and what I really feel on my heart, and I pray for you as well, that we'll go into 2021 willing to risk more. Psalm 27, verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? We don't risk more, probably for several reasons, three of them being we have a fear of failure, that if I risk, I might fail. We, the, the reason it's called risky, risk is that there's a chance at failure. We don't risk because of uncertainty. If I take this step of faith or I step out to do something risky, it's uncertain. And then people. We tend to fear people, how they might perceive us or think about us. I love the book of Acts, and in particular the, the story in Acts chapter 4 where Peter and John, God had used them to heal a man that was crippled. And they healed him in Jesus' name. And the religious leaders uh, arrested them and took them and said, you can no longer speak this name of Jesus. I don't care how this miracle happened. You stop speaking this Jesus' name and stop speaking the gospel that you proclaim. And I love how they responded. They said, listen, we don't care what you do to us. You can do what you want, but we're going to obey God rather than you. And we'll take the, the, the consequences of obedience to God. And it says that the religious leaders in verse, chapter 4, verse 13, that they, they took note of the courageous boldness of, of these disciples. And that they, they saw that they were ordinary people, ordinary men. And the word ordinary is the Greek word idiotes, where we get our word idiot. And, and it used to not be derogatory to, to be an idiot. It just meant you were ordinary. Because it says that they, they realized that they were unschooled. They hadn't been to seminary or had any religious training. And they took note that they had been with Jesus. And they had spent time with Jesus. I pray for all of us that we would be idiots for Jesus this year. <laughs> that we would realize we're all ordinary people, Right? There's nothing that the world looks at us and says, ooh, that's such a special person. 
But when it comes to being with Jesus, being known by Jesus, and Jesus using us to participate with him in spreading his love and gospel to the world, let's risk more. Where do you think God is, is calling you this year to risk a little bit more? Um, I think the world around us is in dire need of love and good news and hope. I want to go into this new year um, with this quote I'm about to read to you. It's a long quote, but it's by <clears throat> Pastor Mark Batterson. Listen to this. He says, quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Set God-sized goals. Pursue God-ordained passions. Go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Keep asking questions. Keep making mistakes. Keep seeking God. Stop pointing out problems and become part of the solution. Stop repeating the past and start creating the future. Stop playing it safe and start taking risks. Expand your horizons. Accumulate experiences. Enjoy the journey. Find every excuse you can to celebrate everything you can. Live like today is the first day and last day of your life. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Burn sinful bridges. Blaze new trails. Criticize by creating. Worry less about what people think and more about what God thinks. Don't try to be who you're not. Be yourself. Laugh at yourself. Don't let fear dictate your decisions. Quit holding back. Quit running away. And if God is for us, who can be against us? That motivates me. I hope it motivates you as well. Maybe you can print that off and, and read that over and over as we go into this new year. And lastly, these folks said they, they wish they would have reached higher. They would have reflected more, risked more, and then reached higher. That means do something that outlives your life. Live in such a way that it outlives your lifespan, what, how many years you get, no matter what. Um, a great life is, is not uh, measured by its length, but by its impact. That's what a great life is measured by. Paul, the apostle in Philippians 3.14, he says, I press on to reach, to reach the end of the race, and to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Setting those God-sized goals. I remembered after my dad's memorial and seeing the impact that he had, I remember talking to him a couple years ago. He was like, you know, if you live to be 100, you'd want to be 101. <laughs> and, and it's true. The desire to live life in, in our relationships is, is important, but it's not the length of our life that matters. It's, it's what we do with that life. Many people have had short life in the sense of years that still had major impact. I think there's three motivating factors for, for reaching higher, for doing something that outlives our lives. Three motivating factors. Number one is rewards. Jesus promised that if we were faithful to do what he asked us to do, we'll be rewarded in the life to come. Now, being rewarded in the life to come isn't just for 
people who do ministry or missions or pastors or whoever, the reward for your life is that, that you be faithful to what he's asked you to do. I have a calling, you have a calling, everybody has a calling. It's not the same calling. God's not gonna make you, reward you for what I do or don't do. It's for you, your own life. You'll be rewarded in the faithfulness in the little things. And secondly, what I think motivates us to, to reach higher is one day I'm gonna give an account for my life to the Lord. I'm gonna give an account. Jesus talked about that in, in the parable of the talents, that each one of us have been given time, talent, and treasure. What do we do with our time? What do we do with our talent? And what do we do with our, with our treasure? If we invest those things, time, talent, and treasure, matters most to Jesus, then we will, we're going to for that in the life to come. Thirdly, that thing that motivates us is just a life of love. Love for God, love for others. A life spent on love, putting God and others first, is a life well spent. So we're, gonna, we're going to reflect more, risk more, and reach higher in 2021. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that's watching and listening. I pray as we put 2020 in the rearview mirror, that we can do nothing about what's happened in 2020, but we can do something about our future in this new year. I pray regardless of what season of life we're all in, Lord, we would truly press into what you have for us in this new year, and that, God, we would uh, be ready to, to love and to care for people, and that you would grow uh, the ministry of novation by growing people, by transforming us, and by people coming to know you more and more. So, Lord, may you richly bless every person watching and listening with a deeper conviction, a deeper hope, and a deeper desire just to know you better. In Jesus' name, amen.